Will. How's it going? Well, as you can tell by the not tan that you can't see because there's no video <laughs> chat when we do this, I was in Nashville for a week. Ooh. Just just because? Uh, well, I, I like to get a dose of what I hate about big cities. Mm, and mm-hmm. Nashville has pedal bars full of drunk people. Right. Scooters. Mm-hmm. aggressive gentrification with some of the worst architecture you've ever seen in your life. Absolutely. But also there was a podcast convention, so I was... Hey! Hey, PodX. Yeah. Listener, you are listening to Tuned In Dialed Up, a podcast about podcasts. And this week we're going to be talking about PodX. So... But, f- oh. but first, we're hosted by myself, Gavin, and the wonderful, the imitable Will Williams. Oh, that's me! Wow! Yeah. And I guess actually first, before we hop into PodX discussion, we should talk about our thingy of the time. The cool thing that's happened to you in the last couple of weeks, technically three weeks because we skipped an upload date. Will, I think I know what yours is going to be, but go for it. I mean, we gotta. After like a literally a decade i think of asking apple for a fiction category in podcasts we are not just getting a fiction category we're getting like several fiction categories broken up by genre it's so good it's so good so granted there's already been a little bit of an outcry that there is sci-fi and no fantasy which i do understand however again we have been asking for this for like <laughs> 10 years, so I'm just going to be happy about it for right now, you know? Be happy about it, and then kind of just look at it for a second and go, why are we this excited that Apple did a thing at this point in the industry? Oh, wait, it's True. because Apple, unfortunately, still has a lion's share of the traffic. True. Womp. Gavin, what's your thing? Is your thing just PodX? <laughs> uh, yeah, it was fun to go do a podcast convention that ran smoothly and had physical schedules. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, short and sweet. Let's let's hop into it. So, listeners, I did not go to PodX. Um, Gavin did. And I have so many questions because I don't know much about what went on. So, I think that that's the first thing I want to start with, those physical schedules. I want to know what the experience was like leading up to Pod X. Like, how prepared were you when you actually got there? What was it like with their schedule and things like that? Their schedule, I have the date written down somewhere. Their schedule was released four, three months ago, something along those lines. Nice. Uh, there was plenty of run-up time. The website was nicely laid out so you could... You there there wasn't they didn't use the same service that PodCon two did where you could like click on panels to save them and then it would build a schedule for you, but they did have the website which was pretty nicely laid out and then closer to the convention they launched the Pod X app, which was okay. clearly one of those you pay an in uh, a web developer who has a stock app and they just put your images in it and then put it out there but Mm -hmm. it did work pretty nicely it had a notification setting in it that you could like you know an hour half an hour whatever to give you alerts about this panel is about to start and yada 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 um yeah i never i never once between 
the app and the website, I never once was questioning, like, what am I going to do? That's good. I am a big fan of event apps. I've been to a lot of, like, day job industry conferences where they have those. And they do all seem to be, like, you just pay a thing. And yeah. then they just build it for you. Oh, yeah. So, they didn't even change the little, like, the little notification icon was, like, two T's, the letter T twice. <laughs> so sure. I, I assume that was, like, the stock notification icon for it. And no one bothered to give them, like, the X from PodX. It doesn't that... really matter. I mean, it's it's fine. It's not a big deal in any any way whatsoever. Do you think that that the stock app? Do you think it's called Titty? <laughs> if I, I asked were, you a question, Gavin, if, <laughs> if I were to make that joke in front of my fiance, she would. <laughs> it would not be hard, but she would physically slap me. <laughs> It would just be like the heel of her palm on my forehead, just a, and that would be it. Uh, but consider when I say it, it's hilarious. When you say it, it's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so give give me some breakdown on demographics for like featured speakers. Um, are we? What percentage would you say was fiction? Well, let me pull up the big featured guest section. See, it's hard because I got to experience PodX. This is me vamping for time also, just spoiler alert. Uh, I got to experience it three ways, basically, as an attendee, as the press, and as a speaker. The speaker bit is a little limited just purely because I hosted a panel by myself and I didn't even get like a... I wasn't a featured guest. Mm-hmm. Um, Looking at the, uh, I want to say, probably 40 podcasts in the featured guest section, uh, you got Adventures of New America, Good Morning Night Vale does not count, Girl in Space, Join the Party, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Mission to Zix had a pretty good Mm -hmm. representation, I didn't even see anything about the Hamill cast, I guess that might have happened, Voyage to the Stars, Sands uh felicia day i don't know if she's like a main character or anything but she wasn't there and within the wires and night Vale, but night Vale didn't have a live show it was purely just because craner was there mm. uh bright sessions because um because lauren shippen was there but there wasn't any like content to do with the bright sessions the rest of it's nonfiction stuff you got your you got a lot of true crime representation which i chalk up to both the popularity and the fact that they were probably within affordable traveling distance oh that too yeah yeah but also budget uh it is it is surreal to see rabia chadra walking around though (laughs) yeah that's really cool i will so i will say one thing i am initially wary about is that it sounds like it sounds like the featured guests for fiction was a bunch of white people and then stephen winter uh pretty much <laughs> okay. okay i'm sc- I'm scrolling through the featured guests right here and it's uh it's not a lot of not a lot of not white people okay that's good to know and um, i i will say and this is a i mean you gotta you gotta make your money count somewhere a significant portion of the like 50 plus guests 
like a almost double digit maybe is the polygon show because there's so many damn hosts of the polygon show mm-hmm. yeah and they, they're, they're they were hard. excellent people like simone de rochefort was out there like just selling not selling as in like actually selling but like when spokespersoning she was spokespersoning her erotica career which is like that's a bold move i was like that was awesome uh but (laughs) i will say the the pro the pro section had a lot of crossover there was Mm. probably going to be an aaron mankey or an polygon show host (laughs) in a podcast pro panel that wasn't like explicitly about something they have nothing to do with Okay, so let's go over that, because I am confused about how this was structured and organized. Okay. So, Some other I know... Were. Yes. So, I know that there was a pass that was just for live shows, and then I know that there was a pass for the live shows and the panels. Is that right? There, there are three things on the website. The $69 festival ticket, which mm-hmm. is a single-day ticket that is... It is, I, this is going to come back, but see one day of live podcasts and explore all there is to see in the PodX marketplace. Okay, question uh, about that real quick. Yes. Were all of the live shows on the same day? No. Okay, so you had to pick, okay, uh, okay, so you had to pick one day. There were at least, let's see, the the fewest, two, four, six, eight, nine. There were at least nine, and that was on Saturday when everyone was leaving. Um, actually, no, yeah, there was nine, and there was ten the first day, and okay, then okay. twelve the, on Saturday, the big day. That's a good amount. Now, the distribution of them is a little, we'll talk about that when I get to it, but yeah, the, okay. I would say $69 for just the live show's is it's priced that way to get you to go ahead and buy the fan pass. The fan pass is $130. It was cheaper when it was further away from the convention, but I'm looking at the website now. Uh, Celebrate the world of podcasts. Meet your favorite podcasters. Get access to all three days. Great if you subscribe to too many shows and keep finding new favorites. Want to see as many live shows as possible. Plus, dive deeper into podcasts. That's a very generic way of just saying you get access to the True Crime Mega Panel and Pod X Feud, Playing for a Better World, How Games Make Us Better Creators, presented by Multitude. Uh, and then there's the $200 podcast pro level. This one is for you want to go to the industry stuff. Nonfiction storytelling, bridging facts with creativity, uh, top tips for being a hired host, Uh, how to schedule your podcast around your life and vice versa stuff like that okay okay cool and then so okay (laughs) (laughs) i'm still i'm still a little bit confused but i think that that makes sense so what did your schedule look like my schedule uh it's tricky because as someone who's going as a member of the podcast community and as a member of the press, mm-hmm. my initial instinct is see everything. But I, one, I knew everything was getting recorded, not because PodX was particularly forthcoming about that, but okay. because uh, as a speaker, it was explicitly said, this is being recorded for later. Uh, Got it. 
and and the mics were always hot at everything so like and, and there were um they were called black shirts because spoiler they were wearing black shirts but they had some tech people running around to every room to make sure like they're holding up 10 minutes until your panel's over signs making sure everything's like your your HDMI cords hooked up right and everything's getting recorded um but as as someone who's there I want to go to everything but I also had to like find blocks where I'm like this is I don't need to go to any of this mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I can either listen to it later and experience it myself like how to get better field recordings and scene tape presented by Nashville Public Radio and creating a signature sound presented by Radiotopia. Those are business things, but Jordan and I went to sleep with me live. Part of that is because I had an interview with Drew Ackerman immediately after and it felt like the right thing to do, mm-hmm. but the other part of that was it just seemed fun. <laughs> uh, okay, tell me everything about this live show. How? Uh, how? explain how did, did he you sleep how uh, okay so he basically just kind of pitched he he had one of the black shirts help him uh turn off some of the lights it but it was like all of them on some of them on complete darkness so he <laughs> went with some of them on and okay. said uh you know this is a safe space to just chill he had a slide that said no snore shaming He's like, we will laugh, but we'll laugh, and but it will probably be because you're snoring like they do in cartoons, uh, not because you are snoring, period. Mm-hmm. And it was this long, rambling story about as that. As you do. Yeah, as you do. Uh, this one was written by a relative of his. They, their last name it was by Ken Ackerman. Okay. Um, it was this long story about him trying to find this non-existent uh, eatery out in the back roads of a place where four states meet, and uh, it was it was it was funny. And then at the end, he changed the lyrics to "Country Roads" by uh, John Denver and started singing it, and then encouraged everyone in the audience to also sing to help bring the people who were asleep out of being asleep. Wow, I don't think anyone. I, that. <laughs> I don't think anyone was like dead out, but there was at least one person in the very back who like laid down across three chairs. <laughs> I can one hundred percent guarantee you, I would have been dead out. Like I, I am one of those sleep with me people. Um, I swear by it. And I love Drew Ackerman. I think he's just doing really like very, it's one of those podcasts where it sounds like a joke and then you listen and you're like, oh, this is completely genuine. Yeah. Yeah. And I like it so much more as something that's dead serious than something that's a joke. Um, I love sleep with me. So that's fun. Did you do any other live shows? Uh, did we do any other live shows? I'm scrolling through here. Thanks phone. Yeah. Wow. That's a calendar that's a calendar update to say recording to do thanks phone <laughs> oh my god i just got it too <laughs> <laughs> uh i feel okay so we went to ddr dungeons and dragons and reality which mm-hmm. technically isn't a join the party episode but it was right. a join the party episode it sounds great it, it, in in that it was amanda and julia and mike Shubes playing D and D host that was being dungeon mastered by Eric Silver, except mm-hmm. the gimmick was they're all just playing themselves, and all their characters, <laughs> all of their characters had like att- attributes that were 
linked to them. <laughs> like, like Amanda McLaughlin's languages were finance bro and negotiation. <laughs> wow, yes. Accurate. <laughs> <laughs> Julia could speak Long Island. <laughs> <laughs> that's extremely good. I think that's about it for, for like us going to legit live shows. Because, again, like when you're looking at this tight schedule and you know, one, they're going to be released. I think that's the thing. The live shows aren't going to be on the pass because now the pass is available for purchase. It's like $25. Um, I think the live shows are just the the product of the creators and they can release them on their feeds because some have gone mm-hmm. up already. Mm. Uh, so I just felt like you, we can let these go. <laughs> these yeah. These aren't. Also, like. No offense to the shows that were there, but a lot of them were shows I'd never heard of or just didn't really have the drive to see it live. Like Bear Brook or um, like the Polygon show, those are, they just kind of live in their own space. Mm-hmm. So what fan things did you do? Like the, like the fan track things. The True Crime Mega Panel was... How is that? The True Crime Mega Panel had loading Ashley Flowers, Patrick Hines, uh, Jill, uh, True Crime Obsessed host. I can't pronounce her name. Jillian Pensov. I, I they did not say her last name. Um, there there was like people being and and Ravia and Susan and Toby like they were just bringing people on stage. Oh boy. 2 4 6 8 10 there were 12 people on this oh true crime mega panel. Oh my god. That uh Was I... it Was it a good panel? Cuz that sounds like a chaos I nightmare. I didn't go to this one. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, which ones did you do, you dork? <laughs> well, that's the thing like I saw so much of Patrick Hyde <laughs> at this convention and I didn't go to his live show or uh it, like if you were at the main stage, it was likely a handful of people. I went to Women in Podcasting, that for sure I went to. That was a very good panel. It was good enough. We stuck around for the live. Sh- was it a live? Sh- it wasn't. A, it was a fan track, technically undisclosing the case against Adnan Sayed, mm, which mm-hmm. was basically just the hosts of True Crime Obsessed bringing on the hosts of Undisclosed to talk about the case against Anand Syed. Uh, the Women in Podcasting panel had uh, Melissa Nelly, who is the, like, CEO of uh, Mischief Management, which is, like, they run all of these cons, including PodX. Mm-hmm. Ashley Flowers, Ravi Chaudhary. They, and they, they, they run um, the Harry Potter one, right? Leaky Con. Leaky Con. They got Thank Leaky you. Con, Game of Con. Actually, I have the press kit right here. What else do we got? There's one in here that I was like, really? Uh, they gave me they gave me press stuff for every single convention. Con of Thrones, Alien Con, which is a re- that's a really generic name. I'm glad they got that one. Leaky Con and Broadway Con, which get your tickets now because the Platinum Pass is already sold out. If you really if you really wanted that thousand dollar pass to Broadway Con, you were out of luck. See, but these are all very different conventions because I've been looking at how those are run and like Broadway Con, you're paying money to ensure your butt is in a seat at a live show. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. But anyway, the women in podcasting panel, you had 
there was Amanda Nelson, Amber Hunt. Ha- Ma- Amber Hunt is just fucking hilarious. Who um, is that? She is the host of Accused. Oh, okay. And then there's Barbara Dunkelman from Always Open, Chelsea Stark from Polygon, mm-hmm. and Amanda Nelson of Book Riot. And yeah, it was. Uh, I mean, it was an awesome. Pl- it was an awesome panel, and there was, it was, well, there was a high amount of people in the room. I would say, but given how many chairs there were at the main stage, it felt bad. <laughs> mm-hmm. And what was even more unfortunate is this is the panel where Jordan and I noticed the confusion with the festival pass. Oh yeah. Okay. Do tell. So, the festival pass is one day only. Friday had, I would say, an okay question mark amount of people. But you could just kind of feel like Saturday is going to be the day. Because it's like Saturday's front loaded. You've got the women panel. You've got all these high ticket uh, live show or high interest live shows. And then we were sitting outside of the room that the the women's panel was going to be in. We could have gone in, but they were doing like sound checks and stuff. And it felt mm-hmm. weird to just be like sitting there. So we were sitting in a bench and we saw five people get turned away from the women in podcasting panel mm. by the person at the door checking badges. And then we checked the app because the PodX app had like a, a social media feed where you could just like post a picture or just type something is like a fake Facebook feed for the convention basically. And this one person posted and she said, uh, she was very, uh, very disappointed in the fact that it, she didn't say this, but it felt like she heard about pod X showed up Saturday morning, got what she thought was a day pass. Mm. so she could because she wanted to go see one live show that was at the end of the day and she wanted to go to the women in podcasting panel that was what she bought a pass for and then she shows up and gets turned away from women in podcasting yeah that sucks and of course and in the comments there were a few more people that were expressing like yeah uh one person said there was an add-on you could get at the customer service desk i why I don't, I, I didn't check. I should have, I, I should have gone and asked about it, but there's no, nothing on the website about that. There's nothing in the press kit about it. I don't know if that was just like someone just got comped a fan badge because they asked nicely or what, but <laughs> <laughs> I will say there were all, there were physically a lot of types of badges, vendor, guest, guest of guest. Uh, all access. Guest? What is guest of? Oh, 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 got it. Okay. Yeah, like guest of guest was like spouses and stuff. Right, right. Um, podcast pro, fan, festival. Well, the festival ones just said Saturday, Sunday, uh, Friday. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there's one more I'm forgetting about. But uh, the vendor badge, you see, it, it felt like I saw that one a lot, even though there weren't a lot of vendors. Which leads me to the first kind of letdown of the convention, because I was like pulling jordan we we got there friday morning we got there way too early friday morning we got there like an hour and a half before the first panel um because the marketplace is already open and i'm super excited i expected to experience podcon level 
we step through a door and there's a big empty space that's not filled, but there's quite a few booths to kind of mm-hmm. wander around like a craft show, but just with people flogging podcast stuff mm-hmm. and a Nissan guy for some reason. And a, for some reason. For some reason. There was not a Nissan guy this time. That's great. But there were nine vendors total. Okay. Eight vendors total in a room all together. What were the vendors? Multitude. Mm-hmm. A company I've already forgotten. Mm-hmm. Uh, what kind of company, though? Something to do with... There was a mic in it. Okay. Uh, okay. S- there was Travis Van Groff with uh, White Vault Liberty mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, Travis was uh, pleasant as always. Next to Travis was another company that had microphones at the table and were okay. recording people. I don't... Okay. Uh, it, my eyes just glazed over. Sorry to the people who ran those. They seem nice, and I was always like, I'll get to that later, and then got to Sunday and didn't. Um, mm-hmm. There was the Podex merch booth. There was okay. a person selling, like, sterling jewelry and just fun tchotchke stuff. Uh, the Libsyn guy with a thousand business cards for different podcasts. And then uh, Get Dad a Beer had a pan- had a. Uh, a booth i don't know what is they... this a podcast or i think it's a podcast let me make sure it's... okay bring dad a beer uh they were a featured podcast guest they had a live show that i didn't go to uh they also had a booth and it had lots of like bespoke stuff in it so it seemed like they were i should know who they are uh which made it even more awkward to consider walking up being like so you are <laughs> <laughs> So basically, the merch room was, whenever we were bored, we would just walk in and bug the multitude people for a few seconds and then walk away. <laughs> like that Yeah, was... just like PodCon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it just, it kind of, like, like, it was a little deflating. I, I will compliment PodX. They, they, this, the, the, the Music City Center is huge. It's a massive building. I would, I would argue it's probably as big as the Seattle Convention Center, but it's, way easier to get around because there's was not it pretty it was gorgeous it was a gorgeous building i think it's a decade old or something like that but like oh. it's just new enough that it has you know the monitors set into the walls next to the entrances to each area so they could always have like this panel's next mm-hmm. gorgeous building but they booked one floor in a corner not a corner but they the, the side that faced a street they just booked the second floor and they were just basically three hallways that were connected by a main hallway that went perpendicular and that was it and the, nice you, you didn't have to go up or down floors if you went down a floor there was a dunkin donuts that did not have price hikes uh okay it was well all of the restaurants in the, the, the music city center are actually the music city center is open to the public which i think is a big reason why they had people checking badges at the entrance to panels because mm-hmm. people could just kind of walk through the building. And there were a lot of people without badges just kind of like, what the hell is this? Uh, but yeah, the Dunkin' Donuts and the pizza place that we went to, they had, they're had they open to the public. So I think that's why they don't have to hike their prices up. Mm-hmm. Um, like, it was slightly more expensive than where we live, but it's Nashville. Like, we expect that. I was right, waiting for, right. like, the $8 bottle of water I bought in, yeah. in L.A. in 2007 when I went to a friggin star wars convention that was rough there was 
decent food within a easily walkable distance. Everything was accessible. It was great. There was a gender neutral bathroom in the middle of the three halls or the That's three sections. Nice. It was very nice. It had a huge like podcon flavored sign. It was obvious, like it wasn't just the music city center has a gender neutral bathroom. It was PodCon said this one is it. PodX. PodX. Yeah. PodX says this one is the thing. My only criticism of that is they chose what was a men's room to be the gender neutral bathroom. Yeah, don't love that. And the problem there is anyone can use a stall. Yeah. Only exactly. a certain set of people can use urinals. And according to Jordan, the the women's room across the way, which was still just a women's room, had like 16 stalls in it. The converted men's room had two stalls and like six urinals. Yeah, don't love that. Not great. Now, I will say it's a very hip. I'll say this about the building. Here's how hippy dippy it is. It had a, quote, green space on the roof, a.k.a. we put a park up there. And in every stall, there was a little sign that says, all water used to flush toilets in the, the Music City Center is reclaimed rainwater. <laughs> okay, that's nice. That's a, that's a pretty progressive building, I think. Yeah. Um, I, the size of it felt good for getting from panel to panel. There was a 20-minute gap between everything. Um, now, talking about size. Yes. Let's talk about size of audience. Yes. Uh, compared to PodCon... How big was Pod tiny, X in audience? Tiny, tiny, tiny. Like, what percentage of PodCon's audience do you think Pod X had? 30? Okay, okay. I will say this. At PodCon, you were seeing literal crowds of people. At Pod X, you were seeing a condensation of about 5 to 10 groups of two or three people standing around in the main concourse area, and not all of them were there for PodCon. PodX. Um, PodX. <laughs> they're so similarly named. I know. I, and I guarantee you, if if Green hadn't taken the name PodCon, Mischief Management would have named oh, this yeah. PodCon. Of course. Uh, it fits with their naming scheme for everything else. But, uh, not to say that Green's like in the wrong or anything for choosing well, a good yeah, name for a convention. <laughs> For choosing the name. The, the you know? one name. I will say, like, there were two panels I went to that felt like they were anywhere near being full. Um, I don't necessarily know if it that's a sign that PodX didn't have good attendance or if PodX just had mondo seating for everything. Because mm. each yeah, room felt like it was set up how that room is always set up. Like, the chairs are chairs that are designed to be put up in on mass in that the right side of the chair has a hook that bends upwards and the left side of the chair has a hook that bends downwards so you can just dot 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 like lego slot them together in in large amounts quickly and they will mm-hmm. not shift or move um yeah like the there were <laughs> the where was it saturday sunday morning um there was a what was it? Uh, what's the X Factor? I was trying to think of the reality show. It was called the Pod X Factor. It was just a goofy fan track like comedy thing in which Janet Varney moderated uh, Carrie Poppy, Drew Ackerman, Jeffrey Craner, 
uh, Allegra Frank and a couple of other people. I don't have a tab open right now. Sorry. Uh, Rebecca Lavoy and uh, oh, uh, and uh, Mujan from Mission to Six. They were all there, and it was just a bunch of <laughs> it was just a bunch of games. Like, and the idea was that Varney was going to hand out points, and at the end there would be a winner. Uh, let's just see who will crown the best podcaster in this all caps, very serious competition where the rules are made up and the winner gets mild bragging rights only. Was it fun? This, a significant, well, okay. So there were, including the sound guy, 16 people in the audience of the main room that has How, wait. seating for probably 500 people. How many? 15 Oh, no. I'll say this. It was first thing Sunday morning. I'll say this. Varney, at 10 a.m. on a Sunday, just ran with it. (laughs) All right. She was just like, welcome, everyone, actually. And then she just goes, "Uh, uh, hi to you, 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 you. And then she just pointed to every single person in the audience. (laughs) Uh, She started making, she was like, welcome to this Welcome to uh, the Pod X Factor or church. Uh, <laughs> like she, for, she took all of her improv comedy experience and just focused it on. There are not enough people here. We don't give a shit. Uh, and then I, I don't even remember what the first thing they did was. But the second thing they did, which was the, the biggest part of this hour long panel was they had screenshots of 11 one-star reviews for 11 different podcasts that are very big. And they had clipboards to all the hosts, and uh, the hosts were supposed to just write down what they thought the show was. Oof. Comedy. Um, Okay. Now, some of them were fun. There was one about two guys being blowhard know-it-alls and what everyone guessed the correct answer but one person wrote radio lab and another person wrote reply all <laughs> and then the next one was a reply was reply all's one star review <laughs> uh i think it was allegra frank if there ever was a person who obviously doesn't listen to a lot of podcasts it's allegra frank and she kind of just owned it and just started answering this American life to everything. <laughs> All right. Uh, I mean, the Mabim okay. Bam one star review was just someone going an hour long commercial for Totino's. Really? Uh, <laughs> which kind of gave that one away immediately. Yeah. But then there was like doing uh, uh, I'm going to interview you for a couple of seconds like you're on a podcast. You have to respond while you're mouth is full of water okay that sounds that sounds like it could be fun consider the logistics of having six people on stage and one mic oh okay you remember that super awkward bullshit at pod at pod con in <laughs> back in january 40 yeah. years ago where yep. they had eight people on stage and uh uh arnie Neekamp was just handing a mic to people Yep. It was basically that, except they would stand up to read. Uh, there was a gimmick where they were like, read these fake ads, and they were like parodies of real ads. And I will say, 
credit to Jeffrey Craner, he got up there and it was a it was a subscription service called like Big Brother Box. And he just leaned into it and made it creepy and it felt like it fit perfectly in Night Vale. Iconic Jeffrey Craner. He like he just he realized, oh, they gave me this one because it's cre- it could be creepy. Right, right. And it it just owned it. <laughs> So at this point in the conversation, I will say, yes. it sounds like you had an okay time, but that a lot of how the convention was run was frustrating. It felt like everything was moving along smoothly from an organizational standpoint, because really the only frustration was that day pass thing. And that, mm-hmm. and I will say retroactively, having this this press kit with all the different shows, I went and looked at the websites of every other convention the Mystery of Management runs. The way they structure their tickets for other shows is a, a nice standard. You pay to get more access to stuff thing, mm-hmm. and you also pay to guarantee a seat. Uh, with Pod X, they this is the really the only one where it feels like there they they had any sort of industry focus where there was a badge that gets you into industry stuff, not mm-hmm. a badge that guarantees both an autograph and a photo op with William Shatner the one day he's at Alien Con. Uh, so I chalk this up to teething troubles more than anything else. I'm currently writing okay. a, I'm currently writing a review. I don't know what day it's going to be up, but it's for a website. Um, but I think a lot of the frustrations are just up to teething troubles. And I feel like if there is a pod X2 in a good location, I've heard rumors of where it might be next. I will say the one thing I really liked, and this is me being selfish, the fact that it was in Nashville, a centrally located place in the Midwest, was fantastic. Because every freaking convention is in Florida, New York, Chicago, or... uh somewhere on the Pacific Northwest. Mm-hmm. And those of us in the middle, like I was able to go to pod X cause I could drive two hours to get to it. Had right, I needed right. to fly to pod X, I would have had to fly up to Chicago then down to Nashville. Uh, because that's, that's how rural airports work. Thanks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think the people who were there were fantastic. There was things to be learned. There were people who were eager to learn there but I ha- I went in expecting to see PodCon size crowds, which objectively I knew was not going to happen. I knew it was, it's the first year this convention's happened. It's in Nashville a week before the CMAs, so things are a little like the the city was <laughs> the city was waiting with bated breath. Like the a McDonald's we went to had a handwritten sign up saying we need everyone to be on shift for these three days. The CMAs are coming. And that was wow. a that was a McDonald's twenty twenty minutes north on I twenty four, where geez. our hotel was. That McDonald's was bracing for the Country Music Awards. Yikes! 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 Uh, which probably it was between Memorial Day and the CMAs, which is probably why the convention center was affordable. <laughs> but I just I would like to see more fiction. There were fiction people there, but I feel like. You know, Pod X2 is going to have your Paul Bays in addition mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. Lauren Shippen. Maybe, maybe Shippen will bring cast member. will be will be paid to bring cast members with her, 
and like she was running around being an amazing host. That's basically what was happening was a bunch of experts were running around giving information and then the convention was like, hey, come play this dumb game for an hour. And then they would go back to either running a live show or uh, or doing like informational panels. And I will say from the press perspective, behind the scenes, the PR people were key, like just they were on the ball about everything. Mm-hmm. I did two like officially set up interviews. Both of them, there was like a press room, which was not used for anything. Someone set up like a photo backdrop thing at like a, at a red carpet. Like, it had, like, the Pod X logo repeating on it. <laughs> when I walked in there, it was the first time the press person had also walked in there, and they were just like, I, I really, it was too, it was like an American Idol setup. There were two tables with two chairs, all facing the same way, and they were facing that, that backdrop, as if you were, mm-hmm. like, judging. <laughs> so, I, so we just had to, like, drag some chairs around to make sure, like, you were yeah. facing the person you were interviewing. Uh, but they did have a room dedicated to pre- people being interviewed. As a person who had access to the speaker lounge, they catered that shit well. Like on nice. s- on Sunday, where everyone had left already, there was a full taco bar. Oh hell yeah! With like sopapillas at the end of it. Like oh hell yeah! There was a meal if I wanted to walk in there and get it. I didn't because. I would have felt like an asshole being like, Jordan, you wait here for a second and then just appear with a plate for myself. <laughs> um, but to, to the, to the credit of that, like the, the speaker's lounge was a massive ballroom with round tables that only four of which were getting used. And there were probably 50 in there. Uh, they were making do with the spaces they got. Yeah. I think that makes sense. And that's totally fine. Like I don't, I don't, yeah. I don't judge any of that. I just appreciate like good food was provided. Yeah. Um, I I don't know pod PodCon we knew because people talked to people that mm-hmm. the featured guest had their travel comped and their hotel comped. I don't know about the featured guest at PodX. It's not. I I would assume. Uh, I I know I got a badge because I was a member of the press, and then as a speaker, I was given a free fan badge. And then I just paid the extra $80 to bump it up to be a pro pass. And then I gave that one to Jordan. And that's how we, that's how we experienced pod X, which Hmm. the press are getting free badges. That's something that doesn't necessarily happen (laughs) at every convention. Right. Uh, And the speakers, even if they're not featured guests, get the middle ground pass. And then if I hadn't upgraded it, I would have had to just take it to, the uh, customer service desk on the day that I spoke and they would put a little sticker on it and that, that that would make it a podcast pro badge for one day only so that I could get into my own panel <laughs> from the perspective of being a speaker or, and as a person in the audience PodX thought through some really like simple to do but shows they care things mm-hmm. like the table tents that had that were pre-printed with the host name on it had a little section where it was like you put a sticker here and there were stickers on the all the tables that were just sheets of they them he him she her uh so you could put your pronouns on whatever love that and uh i mean i just had a laptop plugged an hdmi cord into it there was a nice tv set up in the room i was in uh 
they like I said, they had people running around doing like ten minute warning, five minute warnings, and there was a time, there was a, a clock on each thing. So they just made it easy as can be for anyone to host anything, and which was good because there were some hosts who were either stretched so thin or just would would run it tight. Like there was one, there was a social media panel that I live tweeted. At which Jeffrey Craner walked in with like thirty seconds till go time and just sat <laughs> down and then they started. I will say, uh, I will say, multitude working their asses off as usual, always. And Amanda yeah. uh, brought the she shut down the awkward Q and A section. Good be- because she just gave out a hashtag and if you wanted to answer a question, you better have a Twitter account. And she was just like taking questions while the panel was talking like she would just look at the hashtag and see like oh hey this person asked something relevant let's let's do this now nice i love that because in the end it was a panel in which six to seven people talked about video games for for an hour wait what panel was that uh let me see here let me just control f the word games the gamesman playing for a better world how games make us better creators presented by multitude uh i love that multitude put presented by multitude in all of their titles uh the only other example of that i can see is uh uh raul vega of Mm -hmm. rose drive rose drive yeah put mr rose vega you mean raul vega Ral Vega, uh, <laughs> he was Mr. <laughs> Ral Vega. I and love that. Sarah uh, Rhea Werner made it a very clear point to inform the uh, attendance of a sound design <laughs> panel that this was the Mr. Ral Vega. <laughs> she even had him write Mr. in front of his name on his table 10. <laughs> Speaking of, I should probably download the sound effect pack from that. Because it Ooh. goes away in a week. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. Okay, so what was your favorite part? My favorite part, besides uh, besides having a way to expose Jordan to all these podcasters, uh, probably that gaming panel, partially because it was a good panel, but partially because it was the first time I live-tweeted something, and it didn't, like, hurt. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Live tweets are a lot of work, but they are fun. Yes. Had I had I a laptop, I would have just been typing like the wind and probably would have would have been distracting. <laughs> yep. I will say there was it was cool to go to a three day convention and with Pod PodCon, it felt like it needed to be a three day con. With Pod X, everyone was leaving on Sunday. So much so, let me see where we left. Um, we showed up for the Pod X Factor. We stayed over for the... Uh, we skipped. I, I hosted my Prepping Your Podcast for the Press thing and then had to miss a multitude thing that was happening. And the Podcasters of Color panel. By the way, there was a queer, a woman, and a Podcast of Color uh, panel. Mm. So at least there was one of each. But mm-hmm. the Podcast of Color panel has 
six hosts, and I think that was that was the six podcasters of color there. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I think we left after I after my panel. We went to see where Multitude was because I was going to interview Amanda about running a booth for a thing I'm doing for a future T2 episode. Mm. And um, they were gone. <laughs> they had oh, just, yeah. they left a bunch of postcards and buttons and stuff on a table and said, thanks for coming. And I just looked at the schedule and there was voyage to the stars live crime writers on live, a narrative nonfiction meetup that I would have no, nothing to do at. Um, when to invest in upgrades, which I don't, that's not really information I need, like, right then. The True Crime Girl Time Meetup. What was that? I didn't even look at that. Uh, that, oh, True Crime Girl Time. This is this is the thing. Come mingle with, it, with us. Let's chat about our shared interests of crew tri- true crime <laughs> and trending topics. It is two hosts of a true crime podcast that... Like were like my level of host where they were they probably had their little stickers, and then there was within the wires, and um, there was a, a a panel where famous people get up on stage and talk about times they got frustrated early on. When, then there was the women and true crime panel which we didn't go to because it was just the hell and high horror people who are probably nice. But mm-hmm. when you have a panel called Women and True Crime, I thought that would have more people than just the two hosts of a smaller podcast. Yeah. Well, not a smaller podcast. They did have a live show at this con, but a one of the many, many true crime shows. Mm-hmm. So basically the last the last three blocks of scheduling, we were just like tired and we just went back to the hotel. <laughs> Yeah. Actually, no. We went. We went to a very nice dinner, uh, and we also met the multitude people at a tap house for a minute. They were, that was very nice. Nice. But um, yeah. Oh. So. One last little yes. criticism. There was a live show at this that started 15 minutes before the welcome to Pod X, and there was a live show that started at the same time as until next time goodbye from Pod X and ended 15 minutes after. Hmm. So they basically pitted two live shows against the opening stuff. Yeah. And the first one was pretty good because it was like the PodCon opening thing, except it was only half an hour. And the one time it dragged and got cringy, Hal Lublin walked on stage and saved everything, as he usually does. Uh, <laughs> it was it was another one of those like fake ad read gimmicks, but they just oh, gave him yeah. like, but that one was they just gave you like the name of the product and the two details about it. I think it was a stamps.com knockoff where the joke was they never they don't deliver on Tuesdays and uh you get you you have to pay more for postage if you sign up using their promo code. <laughs> and Hal Lublin just gets up there and he's like, Who <laughs> in this world Garfield hates Tuesdays too? And so does <laughs> And so does postage.org. <laughs> uh yeah. So yeah. That's that yeah. was that was that. What was your least favorite thing? Least favorite thing was probably the reliance on on improv stuff that they didn't seem to prep people for. <laughs> there was a there was a good yeah. amount of people who were like 
there were some panels that had more hosts than the website says because someone was like, hey, why not you? Come on. Uh, or someone like didn't show up, so they swapped in somebody. But like that that pod X factor thing on Sunday, while funny, really funny at parts, there was also a lot of struggling. Inclu- there was a lot of games that seemed fun if it was you and me and like, fuck, I don't know, I, like Eric Silver and uh, Ponders in a room. Right. Like, come up with two this is this was actually a game come up with two competing similar companies that advertise on podcasts bombas socks and stitch fix and then it just went from person to person to person to person and the game was whoever can't come up with something's out except they just started bullshitting and saying random companies that didn't advertise on podcasts and janet varney didn't want to be sitting on stage being a rule police Right. So she was just kind of yes anding everything. Oof. <laughs> yeah. The people yeah. were doing their best and yeah. there were funny things that happened, but it was kind of in spite of the 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 improv. Yikes. Uh, for all the hard work that was happening for all the awesome stuff, it just kind of felt like they set up Sunday to be just meh. Hmm. A lot of people have already flown out. I think BookCon was happening at the same time. Yes. Because a couple of authors that I followed on Twitter were like, they're Friday, they're Saturday, and then tweeting about BookCon on Sunday. Yep. I didn't know BookCon was like a thing. No oh, offense it's to BookCon. It seems yeah. huge. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's a really big thing. So I, I can totally understand why authors are just like, bye. Yeah. Uh, maybe that was part of why Sunday felt so like, bleh. Probably. I just, I don't know. I don't know how you fix that. That's not. Yeah. I don't know if that's Nashville's fault or if it's the time of year's fault. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else about Pod X before we move on to our recommendations this week? I really enjoyed it. If it's going to be coastal or something next year, I will try to attend. Uh, I immediately, like. I didn't get as much... I'll say this. My my least favorite thing wasn't that panel. My least favorite thing was I didn't feel like I was set up to have as much FaceTime with podcasting fans as I did at PodCon. But okay. PodCon also did have, like, the crowds. Yeah. And that many booths, I suspect. Because talking to Travis Vangroff, podcast PodCon 1 was eight vendors, it yeah, was the same much. size. Yeah, it was it was weird. <laughs> so potentially PodCon two, PodX two, is going to be bigger, and I really hope yeah. so because my init- my plan this whole time, like even before we went down there, was I want to experience this one as the press, and I want to go to the next one and have a table for standard docking procedure and just do stuff like maybe pitch a a hope punk panel or something, but like. Mm-hmm. Pod X is my number one guy. Like, if you stay in the Midwest, I'm with you, ride or die. <laughs> nice. So I think that that about covers it. Well, let's move on to our recommendations this week. Will, do what you... do you got? So I've I've got one. <laughs> she says, um, opening the Puncast channel of her Discord. What? I never. I'm not. I'm not vamping oh. for time. What? So. You know, um, you know Catholicism. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Oh, fuck. I can smell the brick wall behind you. <laughs> Shit. We're in Zane. All right, everybody, order an expensive cocktail. We're at Zany's, and there's a two-drink minimum. <laughs> What's the deal with Catholicism? <laughs> I am very... I, I'm making jokes, but I'm very excited for this one. Please continue. <laughs> so... So there's this, there's this podcast, and it's uh, it's based in the Vatican City. You know, Catholicism. <laughs> uh, it's about just a little a little church radio station. You know, a thing that a, totally exists and is a thing, a church radio station, uh, where these two acolytes that are total from, opposites. Will, I live in southern Indiana, within range of AM radio stations from Kentucky. Oh, there okay, are, fair many church radio stations fair yeah okay uh, that's weird that's a weird thing that's weird what are they i, I don't care actually i lied i don't care so there are these two acolytes <laughs> the answer that are... is sermons and ben shapiro oh no I don't, and I don't Will know. is gone now. <laughs> Bye forever. Taking auditions for Will replacement. <laughs> so, there are these two acolytes, and they're complete opposites, and they host the show. And they uh, they help callers through these deep theological arguments and help bring different sides of the church together. It's called Kaleidopope. <laughs> oh this one comes to us from the very lovely lee lee davis thalborn from love and luck and nims nebulous notions so passer volpez fuck he's me. very good the heavy lifting that title had to do was amazing <laughs> it's extremely good <laughs> My first, uh, my first actual recommendation is one that the Catholic Church would not appreciate. Um, it is called Two Princes. Um, as of recording, a review of it just went up today. It is... Okay, <laughs> I'm, right. I'm going to say something. And if you've listened to Tuned and Dialed Up before, this is going to sound really alarming. And trust me, trust me, I was also alarmed. I'll say this. I was going to make a joke about it before you started prefacing what you're about to say. I know. I know. It's by Gimlet. Hey. I know. I know. I, I don't. I, it's weird. Smash, <laughs> smash cut to office door. Smoke rolls from underneath the, underneath the door jam. The words on it read, John Gimlet. The door creaks open. <laughs> hey. Hey. Goldman, get in here. Listen, I've been on Twitter. The gays need a podcast. We need a fiction show and it needs to be gay. I've been hearing something about this dragon prince horse shit. Get me a gay dragon. Scene. Perfect. <laughs> so I, I will say, um, a lot of people said that it seemed like, uh, like pretty... Like, it had a lot of overlap with The Dragon Prince. Um, I watched, like, three episodes of The Dragon Prince. Could not get into it. Not my jam. Did not just, like it. I haven't watched uh, it yet, but I've seen that clip that's a reference to Sailor Moon, and I gotta watch it now. 
I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh, someone asks the like the character with the horns coming out. I literally don't know anything about the show. There's a character who has like horns coming out of her head and she's got like magic powers. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. One yeah. character asks her like how does it feel to do it? And she starts trying to explain Wait, it. So, hold up. Do what? Like the 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 moon powers she has. Okay. And she starts describing it. And the animators just make her do the transformation sequence from... <laughs> she even does, like, the, the finger poses and shit. Yeah, with the, with the glittery nail polish. Yeah, and then she I ends... I love she, Sailor Moon. She ends with the pose, and it's like, does that make sense? And he goes, not even a little. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, yeah, it, the original script was to dab, and they were like, no, we can't do this. That, I mean, that also would have been great. Anyway, be this podcast better. that I've been distracting you from. Yes, okay, so I... I don't know about the Dragon Prince. I can't talk about comparisons. So it's a pretty star-studded cast. Um, I'm not going to pull up the cast list because, in my opinion... Better to not not know. It's not that. It's that if a podcast... If one of their selling points is that it has a star-studded cast, that's a red flag to me. Like, that's not not a selling point. That's me saying, oh, I don't want to listen to that. I mean, it's not like Gimlet has made a star-studded cast podcast before that sucked or anything. she didn't even say she didn't even cough the name of it because there are two of them were there what was the other one sandra and homecoming was did they make homecoming wait who made homecoming who made homecoming keep talking i'll look it up i don't like homecoming either anyway so what point is there's like a whole there's like a big cast but what what's great about it is that so it's a podcast it's a fiction podcast for kids that focuses on oh, it's for kids it is wow and it's yes it is an lgbt romance i would say that it actually feels like about the same age audience level as what i saw of the dragon prince like early avatar the last airbender nice. age audience um so it's it centers on an lgbt romance it's very sweet and what's great about it is that it it gets pretty campy it is filled with tropes but like in this way that's really loving and not ironic at all um the acting is really fun because they're well-known actors they're a, a little big in their performances but it feels totally at home because it's a campy fantasy podcast for kids, you know? Yeah. Um, and also it was done in partnership with the Trevor Project. And wow. the Trevor Project means a lot to me. It is a, it's an organization that specifically uh, provides crisis intervention and suicide prevention for LGBT youth. Um, they mean a lot to me. So I was really delighted seeing that partnership. And even if that partnership hadn't been there, because I don't want it to seem like that's why I loved it, I would have loved this podcast regardless. It's a yeah. lot of fun. So that's called The Two Princes. <sighs> wow. We, also, Homecoming was Gimlet. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Shocking nobody. Nobody. Gavin, right. what's your first thing? Well, Rose Eveleth has spent quite a lot of time. I've even recommended Flash Forward on the show before. Uh, Rose yeah. Eveleth has kind of made it her wheelhouse to like project forward uh, with lots of research and thinking. Uh, I, I do like this new show she has uh, announced that she is doing in which she's going to take a television show that is over and then kind of like project forward 
to like what would the reboot be like now hmm. she's specifically chosen a medical comedy that ended in 1983 it was one of the bigger tv shows ever made but it has a pretty final ending but most of the cast is dead now and she kind of wants to see like what would the what would the modern warfare version of uh, an army hospital comedy show be so this one's called mash forward god damn it i for <laughs> i forgot what you were doing and i was just <laughs> sold to the idea of rose eveleth doing this i was like wow that sounds really interesting <laughs> and then i was like okay so it's it's a, a hospital medical war comedy wow i guess that tv show really stole from mash huh <laughs> god damn it <laughs> no the tv show that stole from mash is called scrubs wow true oh that was that was a good one gavin you got me you got Thank me you. good my first recommendation <laughs> is a podcast i've heard like 15 minutes of uh, <laughs> Each episode's like an hour long. Uh, the audio quality in the one I listened to was garbage. Uh, the uh, the hosts are peaking left and right. Uh, the the mics aren't super good. Sorry, I just this is your recommendation. This is my recommendation because this is in a special genre podcast where the whole point is they're all going to be garbage. Uh, it's Hidden Mickey's with Carrie Poppy. Oh uh, hell yeah! Which is just a show about the weird side of Disney, like not all the like the weird fucked up stuff that either is somewhat not really confirmed one way or the other, and just stuff that's like not really talked about by Disney for obvious reasons. Uh, you've got anti nar like there's an episode on the anti Nazi cartoons that Disney did. Uh, Club 33 and Walt's Frozen Head is one episode. <laughs> this is the epitome of a for the for the hell of it show made by someone who has a wildly successful podcast on Maximum Fun, and it's just it's just because she really fucking likes talking about Disney with her friend. Wow, mood. I mean, it's I mean I like I respect it. If you want like a well the one well produced one, go to those happy places if yes. if you want like a fun car listen show where you can like turn it down to get away from the shitty quality uh hidden mickeys i this sounds like a backhand compliment and i i mean this genuinely it is this I is mean, a massively backhanded compliment but Gavin. i do mean it genuinely like the fact right. that it sounds like garbage kind of helps <laughs> in like in like that pretentious yeah i, I prefer yeah. lo-fi way feel that sometimes it's just like i don't know sometimes it's just kind of nice i feel that what's your what's your second uh rack will i didn't do no i didn't do prime time last time because you i was waiting on right so my recommendation my second recommendation this week is one that i have been really enjoying it is uh coming from vox it's prime time with emily vanderwerf so um for disclosure, Emily's name is different on the podcast. She recently came out as trans. Um, she is, she's been one of, she's like the TV critic. <laughs> she's a huge inspiration of why I do what I do. I've been a fan of hers for so long. Um, so primetime is about TV, but each season has a different concept. This is the first season. And it looks into the presidency and politics on tv so 
Sometimes this is a fictional president and sometimes it's a real president and how they were depicted on TV. There was recently an episode on Dan Quayle's takedown of the TV show Murphy Brown. Yeah. Because it became like such a huge part of the political discussion at that time. And it wasn't so much because so Murphy Brown was a TV show in which there was a woman who uh, had a baby and was a single mother, which I know sounds like nothing now, but like back then it was a huge deal. Um, and so Dan Quayle was like, eh, Murphy Brown and brah, 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 and family, brah, 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 which sucks. Um, but the episode goes to talk about like how it was actually really steeped in racism and you wouldn't know it because the character was white, but it was just to mask like a, a much bigger discussion that was happening at the time. Yeah. Um, there's also been... There was an episode on Obama versus Reagan on TV because they both were super charismatic for different reasons. Um, it's it's so good. It's really fascinating. Like, even if you're not into political TV shows, like, I've never seen Veep. I know that I probably should. <laughs> the most political TV I get is, like, I really liked Parks and Rec. Um, but it's still a fascinating listen. So that's Primetime with Emily Vanderwerf. You can find it by just searching Primetime. On that note, let's take a moment to celebrate that Vox finally made an agreement with the fucking union. Hooray for union. Congratulations, Vox. Oh, so good. Oh, shit. I I think I hit Eric with a a hard one on that. uh, Ask me my top three anything. (laughs) What was it? I I said hip hop songs. And he goes, okay, here we go. (laughs) (laughs) All right, my second recommendation. I got a quick re-up on one. I've already recommended this in the show, but The Empty Bowl is uploading again. So Justin McElroy has a show where uh, he and a wonderful man that I enjoy listening to and like a lot, but his name just will not stick in my brain. And I'm very sorry. Uh, but Justin McElroy has a show that's specifically geared to be stress relieving, and it's just him and a dude who writes about cereal for a blog talk about cereal, and it's hilarious and calm and it's awesome. So that uh, empty bowl is really good. Now let's talk about. I don't know if this has been wrecked on the show yet. Have we talked about the Christmas mistake before? I think we've talked about it in passing, but I don't think it's been formally recommended by us yet. The Christmas mistake is amazing. It is so good. Take a show that is about watching Hallmark grade Christmas movies and then just give it a little, little by adding in this, this critical lens in which they look at the idea of Christmas in these Hallmark movies, because if you really stop to, th- and this is this is gonna sound like some crack.com shit, and it's not, I promise. <laughs> if you if you really just like consider the fact that a lot of these movies are just basic plots with Christmas stapled onto it to fill out the Christmas block, the idea of Christmas as a holiday kind of gets perverted into this Lovecraftian. I don't want to say cult, but it's like. A mindset <laughs> like Christmas gets so much lip <laughs> yeah. service that it's almost like a horror movie like Christmas is coming uh, and they, they totally look at it like that it is hosted by uh, Daniel Kate and Chad who are awesome people 
And I just, I don't, we've talked about, I know we've talked about it on this show before, but fuck me. Listening to people talk about cheesy Christmas movies with. Yeah, it's really good. And with the level of commitment, like, it's not like they just watch these specifically to dunk on them. They make an effort to understand the plot and like look into it. And you better goddamn believe they pronounce her name C- Candace Cameron Brewer every fucking time <laughs> because of Bim Bam. Yeah. Uh, also, this is my official call. Someone start a change.org petition to get Justin McElroy to start That's a Christmas to Me segments in like October because we need a lot this year. <laughs> I need yes. I need that yes. to just be what Bim Bam is. Retire Munch Squad, retire Yahoo's, just fucking Christmas movie pitches. <laughs> it's really good. Uh, oh, <gasps> well, I think yeah. What? But I just I came up with a pun cast just right now, and it, it won't write work. it down. Yeah, it's it's not. Put that it's shit not, in the bank. It's not ever gonna work, but when it comes Christmas time, we'll do that. Let's just cross that out. All right, uh, that was everything we need to talk about on this ultra-long episode. Will, where can people find you online? People can find me at Will... Wh- who am I? Will... People can find me. <laughs> Will underscore writes on Twitter. You can find her on her website, <laughs> willwilliams.reviews. If you would like to find out about the podcast she has just launched, you can find them at... Hughouse.Productions. Hughouse.Productions, which has yep. recently also launched a Patreon, which you can also look it's into. True. Uh, Hughouse is making two shows at the same time, the first of which is premiering a trailer very soon. Tomorrow as of recording, so it should be out by the time people listen. Oh, hey, look at that. Uh, wow, wow. Timing. Uh, what was that can... noise I made? Who am I? <laughs> that, that was like the least committal cat call I've ever heard it in my was. life. It was. Who am I? <laughs> if you want to find me on the internet, I am the Pod Report on Twitter, T-H-E-P-O-D-R-E-P-O-R-T. If you slap a dot com on that, you will get to my website. Also make a, uh, I almost said nonfiction. I make a fiction podcast about people living on a space station that are trying to not not fuck up every day maybe kind of sort of and if you want to find the show we are dialed up podcast.wordpress.com or you can find us on twitter at tuned in dialed up if we had an instagram which would be the smart thing to do it'd probably be something like that we don't so so just find us just look up the tag pup puppies and if you look really hard <laughs> we're in there we promise we're in there we're yeah we're in there you gotta Don't go worry. way back though wait no nope, no nope, too far oh, went, oh just, back just up a little little back there you go that, that's us yeah we're right that's behind, a picture of us right behind that one there you go that's me and gavin this is improv comedy i have been gavin this has been will thank you so much for listening to tuned in dialed up we are going to leave now bye <laughs> bye